Hey everybody, welcome back to Blind Love Radio. I am your host, Anna Rosen, and today I have a conversation with Hex of Hex Activist on Instagram, and it was a really great conversation. We recorded this at kind of like the burst of coronavirus in America. So it was kind of just starting to spread everywhere and become a real problem. It was probably the end of March, I want to say. So it's been a little while since we recorded. um, And I was, you know, about to post the episode and everything with the injustice in the black communities with the police brutality and killing black people. Um, It just didn't feel right to release the episode. Um, So I've been waiting and I wanted to, I really wanted to put out an episode first all about race and the inequality and injustice, but it just hasn't come together quite yet. So I'm kind of letting letting time guide this one and I'm not going to wait too long but I really do want to want it to be well thought out well researched and well put together because the subject deserves that and demands that um so I'm gonna have kind of like a panel style discussion on the subject um so stay tuned for that until we get there we can enjoy this episode with Hex. She makes such great points when we were talking about the virus. She brings up so many great moments of history to kind of compare it to and look at it with through the lens of um, I loved what she said about the earth really wanting us here. And this is not just some angry Um, rebellion of Mother Earth. I thought that was really beautiful. And um, they just have such a beautiful compassion when talking about the subject and talking about people in life in general, which I just find so beautiful. Um, We talk a lot about plants at the end and gardening guys thank you for listening stay tuned for the episode about police brutality in america and racial inequality and injustice and what we can do to speak up and help and resources to get involved with the black lives matter movement and how you can help in your own community so without any further ado here is my episode with hex moving slowly Westwood water over glacial plains and I walked off you and I walked off and know me oh me oh my okay so go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about yourself who you are what you do so I mostly just go by my Instagram handle hex activist and I guess I consider myself a witch I do herbalism um I've done crystal stuff in the past I have a lot of certifications in yoga and meditation and so I kind of just like do it all and I have a wide variety of like 
spiritual background that comes into the work I do. And I do tarot readings, psychic um, and intuitive readings and healing and just like the whole, the whole shtick. I don't I know if that, that makes sense. Oh my God. It makes <laughs> perfect sense. I love it. So what got you into all of this? Um, I guess like I've kind of always been into it. I just never really like formally explored a path in this particular direction. But like, even when I was young, I would like intuitively make nature altars. And I mean, I don't know any little girl that didn't pretend she was a witch or like a mermaid or just like other mythical beasts, you know? Totally. And um, I used to hear voices when I was like really little, like they would just say like, hi, and there's whatever. And, you know, like I've always been, I guess, attuned to that. So it was not like weird to fall into it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so more recently, I guess I went through first, it was kind of like just the whole spiritual stuff and getting into tarot and whatever. And then I started doing more yoga and getting into that elements of it. Um, I've always been super into ancient cultures and mythology. And, um, then more recently, I feel like I did everything around it and then just was like, okay, I haven't explored this yet. So what is this? And so then when I started looking more deeply at like witchy stuff, I was like, oh, I've just been doing this the whole time. Like I started with herbalism and then moved into like the, you know what I mean? So it was just like, oh, okay, well, cool. I'm already doing that. Like, let's just do it more. Like, (laughs) I don't know. What are your signs? Like your sun, moon and rising? Um. I'm an Aries sun, and then my rising and my moon are Scorpio. Ooh, I love that. So your birthday's <laughs> coming up. It is. It's on the 16th, so nice. I'm excited. So do you, like, relate to the emperor energy a lot? I guess I do. Yeah, I, like, was thinking about it, and I guess from, like, the sense of, like, looking at the Rider weight card as like a super masculine figure, I was always kind of like, eh. But when I think about it as an energy and just like what that archetype represents, I'm like, yeah, I'm totally an emperor person. Like that's, that's totally me. So. You feel very emperor. I know. It's almost funny. I feel like I'm really like, like not even on purpose, but I just feel like I'm really like a really good representation of Aries energy, especially right now because Aries season is kicking off. So I'm like all fired up. And then the Scorpio, like deep, dark and, you know, like really let's dig into the unconscious bullshit. Like that's so me. So totally. (laughs) And I feel like you're constantly reinventing yourself, which is very Scorpio. Yeah, that's true too. I didn't think about that, but that's very accurate. <laughs> I'm just saying from personal experience, I'm a Scorpio rising. So it's like you totally get it. <laughs> every chance I get, it's like, okay, on to the new thing. I've died a little death and now I'm reborn. Yeah. And it's like everything kind of weaves together. So it's not even like weird, you know, it's like you get into herbs and you're like, what about the magical elements of it? And so then you kind of go on to like, it's just deepening something you're already into and then you're like okay what about the scholastic elements of it like why latin and what are the indigenous names for this herb and it's just like you just kind of weave around the entire thing and then you're like all right so 
I don't know what else I could learn about this particular plant. So let's do another one. Yeah, totally. So what have you been focusing on lately? Um, I guess systems overall is what I've really been looking at. Um, I'm intrigued to see how the historical elements of our society like influence where we're at now and how maybe healing those historical elements can shift things in the present. So for example, like I don't see a difference between like ancient Sumer and where we are now. I think it's all the same culture, just like in different iterations and forms. And so then I think, well, what happened in ancient Sumer that would make us you know, like perceive the world in such a separated fashion and how can we heal that and transform it into something relevant and like helpful now? Well, what did happen? Well, so ancient Sumer is really interesting to me because a lot of the way that our current culture is um, structured has roots in it. So even though we tend to credit like the Greeks and Romans with a lot of that infrastructure, like it existed already in Sumer, which is like 2000 years older than Greece. And so um, I don't know exactly that anything particularly happened there. It just like moved elsewhere, you know, like the ancient Sumerians were conquered by, you know, the Assyrians who were conquered by the Babylonians or vice versa, I always forget. And then, you know, that went on to become ancient Persia and then you know Greece and Persia were interacting and then Greece became Rome and so it's all like the same thing just kind of moving elsewhere and interacting with different elements and Sumer I think is probably one of the first examples of at least in that area of the world of like um how do I want to say like glorifying abuse of nature so like Gilgamesh is one of the ancient Sumerian heroes. And he went and he like cleared the entire ancient forest of cedar wood to build his city walls. And he killed the ancient forest spirit. And then he killed like all these lions to go more than the death of his friend. And then he kind of had this like understanding at the end of it, like, Oh, maybe that's not what I should have done, but that's not really the point that most people take away from that story, which is interesting. So I don't know. That's just how I see it. Hmm. I love that. That's so appropriate with like everything that's happening with Capricorn right now. Right. It's really like, it just seems really aligned and it seems like something interesting to kind of lean into, especially because a lot of those stories we still tell even today, like the Epic of Gilgamesh is still a story people study. Mm-hmm. Like everything just, there's like a truth to it because it's been told so many times. Exactly. And it starts to like, occupy a kind of place in the way that we interact with the world and so it's like from that place I feel like if we can kind of like re like integrate it in a different way maybe that'll like shift the way that we interact with things now totally because I feel like if you think about like time not being linear yeah exactly like everything's already happened and it hasn't happened You know, it's like, there's no necessarily like, exactly like you said, there's no linear format to it. I love that. So do you, so it seems just like ancestral healing on like a large scale. 
Yeah, I guess it kind of is because I feel that like, like, and that's one thing that I really like to do in my practice is like work with different gods and goddesses and deities in general. But I do feel that um, if we look at it on a collective scale and we can reconcile those things and kind of like put Greece in its proper context, like, or Rome or whatever, we stop having like a separation from it and we can see how we have grown and we can also see where we haven't grown and kind of like remedy that because like xenophobia wasn't really a thing you know in ancient cultures there was a lot of cross-cultural sharing and it's not that people didn't like outsiders it's just that you know they were welcomed differently time moved differently and I feel like our relationship to the earth was different but we don't necessarily look at it that way. We look at it through a modern lens. So we don't really understand the ancient culture. And because of that, we can't learn anything from it. So we're just taking bits and pieces and applying them as necessary. Kind of like people do with the Bible where they just pick quotes and they're like, yeah, that's why this works. And you're like, I mean, is that true though? Like not really. So how are they welcomed differently? So like, because it took sailing or walking by foot and like less on, I mean, they did have chariots and stuff, but they basically like, like if you think about Greece, it's really mountainous. Um, it's right next to the ocean. So the way that people travel together, it just would take like a month, you know, imagine having to walk from like San Diego to Los Angeles. Like it would take you quite a bit of time. So if you're going to show up, you're kind of like out of the ordinary and people aren't going to necessarily like jump to like fight you. If they're going to fight you, they're going to fight you. But they might also just welcome you like, hello, traveler. Like, what's the deal? You know, so mm-hmm. in Greece, they actually had this whole system set up to honor travelers and honor visitors and guests. And it was really important to honor that in their culture. And if you didn't honor that, like people would get really upset and you would be like putting yourself and your family at risk because of that. So I think it's like now we don't really see that same respect, you know, if you're a guest or, you know, a refugee or whatever, it's like there is an integration of you into the culture. Like I'm not saying Greece was perfect because it wasn't, it was a hot mess, but I'm just saying like there were other systems there that we don't have now, you know? Mm-hmm. I totally see that. Um, yeah, what do you think about, I mean, I feel like that's a huge thing going on right now with the coronavirus and how it's being like so like labeled as like a Chinese virus when really it's just a virus. Yeah, so that's like really interesting. And that's kind of part of it is like, there is this element of like outsider and so you know I mean it's white supremacy really because nobody cared about the virus until it started hitting who they consider white people and so it is really weird to me to even think about it because I'm just like it's not the Chinese virus it's just a virus like you're saying and there's no reason to label it as such and even calling it like you know, Zika or Ebola or Wuhan or any of that, like that's just racist and it's kind of othering people. Like nobody's going to say, I mean, I guess they did call it Spanish influenza, so that's not better. You know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. 
we kind of need to stop doing that. Like, that's not really something that happened, I don't feel, until more recently. Um, in the past couple hundred years, which maybe I'm wrong, but I just think it's really strange. Like, yeah, the Black Plague, nobody called it, you know. I mean, did the Spanish influenza go outside of Spain? Yeah, it was all over. Um, the It was everywhere. It killed a lot of people. Yeah, that's so interesting. I was looking at, like, the astrology, and the astrology of this looks very similar to the Spanish influenza. Just that's be- really interesting. I didn't think to compare the charts or even look at the chart, really. Like, I just entered my consciousness maybe yesterday that the flu, this um, coronavirus was a Scorpio, apparently. So, Yes. Um... I didn't even think about it until I just mentioned to my husband, (laughs) I was like, um, you know, he was like, it'll probably get better by like, you know, this fall, hopefully. And I was like, yeah, well, the astrology says it's going to come back in like January. And he was like, oh, great. That's what happened with the Spanish influenza. And then it came back like three times harder. But like, hopefully we'll have like a vaccine by then. Um. Yeah, I think it's really fascinating because I feel that the timing of the Spanish flu is so different, like, culturally than where we're at now. Like, I feel that the Spanish flu affected people and, like, they were just, I mean, if you think about Industrial Revolution, which industrial revolution is just such a fascinating era to me i feel like that's our folk soul and like if we can just like reconcile what happened during that era like we will heal so much but whatever that's a tangent like a lot of people were just getting to the point where they were fully integrated in or making that move to finally integrate in it's like the tail end of shifting the culture and then like a lot of people at that time are moving away from family farms, working in factories, et cetera, et cetera. You know, like this is the end of the cowboy era. We're laying down roads, the birth of the car, like all of this new culture. And that's where the Spanish flu enters. Then you have now where it's almost the exact opposite situation, which is so fascinating to me, you know, where we're kind of just like, do cars work? Do we even want to live like in these closed quarters? Like, how, you know, how are we going to rely on capitalism? Like we're not embracing capitalism anymore. We're actually like questioning it. And now we have this almost exact scenario, like the Spanish flu, but like in the exact opposite mentality of receiving it. I don't know if that makes sense, but. It does. It was like we were moving towards industry and now we're starting to like move away from it. Or at least question whether we should be involved with it. Like before people were kind of like, they weren't questioning that they had to be involved with it. They were just like, all right, I guess this is the future and we have to embrace it. You know, now we're kind of like, is this the future? Is this the future I want? Like with all the things with like Greta Thunberg and like climate change and all of that, it's like, we're actually like taking it more seriously that maybe this isn't the future. It's crazy how like all the pollution has gone away almost. Not like all of it, but a big portion of it just from, you know, three weeks in quarantine in Italy. Do you remember um, when Beijing had like 
no air pollution um, from the Olympics. Because I remember, like, they shut down everything and they basically told, you know, people because they wanted to make a good impression. And so, oh, like, all, vaguely, yeah. Yeah, it all cleared up in, like, whatever, three weeks time. Like, it was never there. And people were like, what the heck? You know, like, so I wasn't really surprised to hear that because I remember, you know, just I know that's what it takes. We just have to stop. But it makes me think about like how your body can like heal itself in like seven years. I think they say like you can have like completely new cells. In China doesn't mean anything to me. You know what I mean? Like as far as their cleanliness is when I'm looking out my window and it's still smoggy, but like if I'm looking out my window and it's not smoggy, like people in LA are going to have their experience and people in New York, not seeing anyone on the street, just like all these experiences that people are having. It's like, it really brings it home and embodies it in a way that hasn't happened. So true. It's like actually seeing it like happen brings it, into existence like as a possibility right now people can envision it they can like kind of see how it might fit into their lives and how they might enjoy that yeah I think a lot of people would enjoy working from home I totally agree it's interesting too how a lot of things that they said weren't possible are now becoming possible and like probable and actually happening. So that's kind of interesting too. Even though I don't have like a extremely optimistic, you know, like disposition toward it. I'm just like, it is cool how it's going, you know, like with rent freezes and housing homeless people and just all of that. I'm like, like, you know, it's possible, but when it actually happens, it's kind of fascinating. It is. It's very cool to see like something manifest. That was just an idea. Totally. So how are you feeling about all of this stuff happening? Um, I mean, it's pretty scary, I would say. Um, it's, you know, very worrisome, I guess, at a financial point. I feel like lucky that our rent's paid and we have some savings. Um, even if we have like a complete ban or like have to be, um, is that what they're calling it? Like a ban where you have to like go inside um, for like, like quarantine. yeah, like a complete quarantine like uh, San Francisco's doing right now. Like, my oh, husband's yeah. a mechanic, so we'll at least be able to make, like, some money because he's considered essential personnel. Um, mm. But I do, like, I do a lot of work with weddings is really how I make my money, and that's all completely gone right now. Um, yeah, for sure. So, you know, it's just doing, <laughs> not trying to freak out. Freaking out is silly. Not silly, but it's not going to help anything. Um, right. So I'm trying to just like get my nervous system back in order because I feel so emotionally exhausted from this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's like just like also tapping into that like collective worry and fear. Um, totally. That you can like just 
feel you can feel that everybody's panicking and they're you know there's like a lot of illness and people are dying and it makes sense that we're panicking but at the same time it's like trying to balance that out with some sort of groundedness it's just hard when everything is like your whole world is turned upside down um yeah that's the visual that I had was like, we're all floating in this river and there's no roots, but we're like looking for roots. So we're just grabbing onto whatever we can, which isn't necessarily helpful because it's just like a headline or a social media post or, you know, like a conversation we had with our mom or whatever it is, you know, and it's like, it's not enough to make us feel grounded. So we're still like kind of just drifting in this sea of information without any roots. Totally. I've been, um, so I just started like a part-time job working at a plant store. Um, and it's like very small and I mean, who knows if they'll stay open for right for now. I mean, I assume like when everything like goes into a ban, it'll probably get shut down. But for now I'm there and just like watering the plants has been like my saving grace. Just Like, that's been, like, my analogy of that idea of, like, grabbing a root. It's been, like, very page of cups that Mm -hmm. keeps, like, popping up for me all the time. This idea of, like, grounding even though everything is, like, so watery. And I feel like when everything's so watery, too, you kind of, like, feel more intensely. And it's, like, that much more important to, like, connect back to nature and like find totally. a little bit of grounding and that idea of like the cancer north node. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it is good that like, I mean, with everything being said, I mean, it's nice that people can like spend more time with their family. And because when does that happen? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's really interesting how this shift that we're being like thrown into is really forcing us to deal with a lot of things that we've been able to kind of just like not deal with. So even if you don't like who you live with, it's like you are still being called to account for that. You know what I mean? Like you don't like your life. All right, well, time to change it. You know what I mean? Like, and all these jobs that we deemed important and necessary, it's like now we have to really face the reality that a lot of these jobs are made up necessities. Like, it's not as important as we thought it was, you know? Totally. I mean, it's all just a construct, right? Of what we deem as important. Yeah. And now that we don't have this kind of illusory capitalistic framework anymore, propping it up, it's like, what is important? You know, what becomes important in a world where everything is crumbling? You know, it's like, what is necessary? And it's so funny because I feel like the the best thing I can like offer right now is doing the podcast, which is not like I'm not making any money off this. So it's like a service that's completely like non-capitalistic, but it's like still a service and it's like connecting with people and it's more of this like Aquarius thing, like moving out of this Capricorn um, commercialism, I guess. Yeah, it's like a different way of experiencing the systems because like Capricorn is just about like putting energy toward the collective and the systemic, you know, so it's like 
they're going to work hard at whatever. If the framework crumbles, you know, then it's like Aquarius is reimagining all of that. Like how, okay, cool. What are we going to build? Like, let's visualize it. Let's, let's become our, you know, like architects and draw it up, you know? And then it's good that it's happening in Aries season because then we're going to have that like energy to put forward in drawing the, or bringing these things into reality. Yeah, it definitely makes you think about like what, what is of value? Yeah. And it's like, we kind of have this culture, you know, that has made artificial value in so many things like, you know, name brands and, and um, like random objects. And it's like, what do we actually cherish? You know, like, I don't even know if we've had time to think about what we cherish and who we cherish and how we cherish. And so it's like, now that we're in this position to just like be at home, you have to face it or you don't face it. And then you go stir crazy. And I just think that it's an invitation to really lean into that. But maybe that's my Scorpio talking. No, I'm all about it. And it's very like scary to think about because if you've been doing something one way for so long and then you decide it, it's not of value anymore, then you feel like, well, what have I been doing? Totally. (laughs) An existential crisis for sure. Yeah. Um, But I think like I love a hard pivot in people. Like when you're able to like get yourself back up and dust yourself off and start again, like it's just so beautiful. It really is. I think there's like a huge opportunity for that right now. And I'm really intrigued to see how everything kind of comes together in the end, you know, like I feel that we have such an incredible opportunity and I would love to see us seize it, you know? And it also feels like astrologically everything happens for a reason. Um, Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, what is the point in having something like this in springtime and airy season? Unless you want it to be transformative. Like, I literally have no, you know what I mean? I'm like, duh, it seems so obvious. Yeah, like this new start of something. Totally, exactly. And just as we have this little Capricorn party leaving, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, that was the old stuff. So let's make new. And it's like, like you said, you know, it's just like, it seems like it's happening for a reason. So maybe we should like heed that reason. Right. No matter like how it's affecting you and not to like dismiss what's happening and not saying it's like totally like comfortable. Um, no, I understand. And change isn't comfortable, but a lot of people have resisted change and to exist in comfort. You know, so it's like now Uh, we have no choice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think you really, I don't know, maybe like you'll really find out what your, your real gifts are to the world through this. Yeah. I think a lot of people are really opening to a different form of how they can be of service, you know, and it's like, it's it's kind of interesting just looking at it like from the people that I know and how it's affected them. And I'm like, I could have told you 15 years ago that you were wasting your time. You know what I mean? (laughs) And so now that they're like 
I don't know. What am I supposed to? I'm like, I mean, bro, like you should have been, you should have been looking at this like a while ago. So like, welcome, you know what I mean? Like, like lean into it. It sucks, but it, I mean, it's liberating in that sense, but it's hard because like, you know, we said earlier, there's not a lot to hold on to. So if you feel ungrounded, like you're double ungrounded, you know, mm-hmm. it can be really overwhelming, I suppose. Totally. And like, yeah, that was so unarticulate. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard to be articulate. You know what I mean? Like everything has been so overwhelming that I just feel like do I have words cool you know like I guess we're talking so how is how has it impacted you personally hello oh my gosh I accidentally hit mute and then I kept trying to (laughs) I kept trying to hit it back and the the menu would go away and I was like wait no (laughs) so that was just like my nerd moment okay um for me I don't feel like it's really impacted me like like maybe on an energetic level sure but as far as my life goes I had already been in a hermit phase and so it wasn't like like this didn't take away from anything like if anything I was making a concerted effort to go out more <laughs> and this is just kind of like no not the time and I'm like oh okay cool like I didn't want to go anyway so you know on that level that's that's it there's less chocolate and toilet paper but aside from that I don't feel like oppressed by what's going on I actually feel like if anything it's just that now um you know, it just makes it like weirder to deal with other situations that maybe I, I would have been able to avoid easier. It's just like, you know, if people don't want to respect the quarantine thing and they're like, Hey, you know, can we meet up or whatever? Like that's irritating. But aside from that, it's not that hard for me. How about you? I'm totally an introvert. So I mean, we were me and my husband were joking like we've been preparing for this all of our lives like we'll go out and like just go to the grocery store and then come home and like spend the rest of the day on the weekend like relaxing yeah exactly that's kind of how I feel like when I have extra time I'm like what am I gonna do I go hiking to where nobody else is because I'm just like I need to get away yeah, that's what I do anyway. Like, cool. That's what they recommend. If you have to go outside, go somewhere like, you know, I'm like, oh, tight. But it's been raining here. So I'm just like, see, I'm not even supposed to go out. Like, this is fine. The earth is saying, stay home. I'm going to cleanse the air. We're going to cleanse the streets. Like, you're all good. I got you. And I'm just like, yeah, tight. It's fine. So And gardening, that's that's that me. is a home activity. That's always lovely. Yeah. I have a huge garden too, so. I love that. What are you growing? Freaking everything. Um, I just say if it sprouts, I plant it. So I have a bunch of potatoes. I have some aloe, rosemary. I have turmeric. Um, what else? Lavender, mint. 
I have blackberry, strawberry, thyme, oregano. I have like seven avocado trees, a grapefruit what? tree, an orange tree. <laughs> yeah. You have seven avocado trees? They just keep sprouting. I like sprout them from a seed and then they like, some of them just sprouted like the avocado fell and I didn't know. And then it sprouted into a tree. So I have like four of those. And then I have like two intentional ones and then like two other ones that I sprouted from a seed. So. Oh my God. (laughs) You're so lucky. (laughs) It's just like a random thing. Like not everything will grow for me. Like me and tomatoes, forget it. But avocados, (laughs) apparently, you know. I feel like you could like live in quarantine with avocado trees forever. Right? And I'm like, oh, I'm feeling sick. I'll just have a grapefruit. Like it's fine. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, I guess it's like so wet there. You're on the West Coast, right? I'm in San Diego, so it can be pretty dry and hot during the summer, but right now it's raining, so. Okay, so are you guys on, like, the mandatory lockdown? I know, like, San Francisco. San Diego is not. Yeah, so um, I do know somebody from San Francisco who basically just was, like, you know, they're in basically mandatory shelter, so or shelter where you are essentially if you were at a friend's house then I guess you're staying there or you know whatever if you weren't in San Francisco like too bad for you so and that's also happening in New York City in OC in Orange County and in LA I believe like um they said all non-essential businesses are shut down and you're supposed to stay inside for at least two weeks but in San Diego I don't know I feel like this is a huge lesson for us about doing things like not for yourself, but for the greater good. Because I feel like the like younger generation just doesn't understand with like, because you see all of these spring break videos. Yeah. So I think when it first started, people were not taking it seriously because it was really confusing and there wasn't a lot of good information and I don't blame them. Cause I was totally that way too. I was like, okay, this is dumb, you know? And then when I started to understand more and more information came out, I was like, okay, I, I get it now. And I will, I will like do my best to respect it. But I feel that a lot of younger people just saw the opportunity to essentially quarantine in a place that doesn't suck and they took it and I mean I'm not gonna lie like that sounds good like to me like if I would have had the kind of lifestyle that I could have quarantined in Costa Rica like I would be there right now you know like Mm. not gonna lie like I'll be completely honest you know so I feel like it's hard because when you're young you don't make the best decisions anyway Well, they say your brain doesn't fully develop until about 25. So your decision-making center, your prefrontal cortex is still developing by the time you're like 24, 25. Like that's when it stops. So it does make sense to me that you would make a totally ridiculous decision at about 22, you know, like totally. But I also think it's like, it's really hard to make sense of the information and like, you know, both you and I understand that 
we weren't doing anything anyway, like the way our lives are structured and the responsibilities we have, it makes it difficult to like, just be free and do whatever. But maybe if our lives weren't structured like that, we would approach it differently. So I don't know, you know what I mean? I can just, I'm just trying to have like empathy for those decisions, even though I don't necessarily agree with it, you know? Totally fair. Um, Oh, I just feel so bad for all their parents. What do you mean? Like when they go home from spring break. Yeah, I don't know because I don't know what's happening with like some schools shut down their housing, but I don't know if all the schools did, you know, Mm -hmm. I've seen some videos too, like kids coming back from studying abroad or whatever. And their parents are like, Hey, we don't, we don't know if you're contaminated or not. So go quarantine yourself somewhere else. And so their spring break is essentially like them being on forced quarantine by their parents, you know? Mm, So interesting. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe that's what's happening. And they're like, fine, then I'm going to a Cabo. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I don't know, (laughs) but it's a really weird time for sure. Like, I just think that we just suck at empathy, like at least in America, like I can't speak for other places, but we just suck at it. And I just think like so many like older people are feeling like, you know, well, what about me? And we're like, well, also what about us? You know, and it's just the whole thing is messy. And I don't think that we really have any framework for understanding it. It is very messy. It makes you think a lot about, especially with, like, cancer being, like, the family unit and not, like, individuating. It's really interesting, especially since a lot of people have to either be separated from their family or be quarantined with them. Right. Like, either or. Yeah, and I don't know if either one is good. You know what I mean? (laughs) Right. Like, I don't know if there's, like, a preferred state for this. Like, I think probably whatever state you prefer less is what you're getting, you know? Totally. Um, so have you been, like, offering anything to people to, like, help support them with, like, the work that you do? I've been lighting candles and I've been holding space, like, in conversation for people. So if people are worried then I wanted to be able to talk to them and help alleviate any of their concerns. Um, Yeah. So I do make products, but I'm not like giving them away necessarily or offering discounts. I'm just letting people know what I do have. And then, you know, for things that I can easily, cause like I don't have a very stable financial situation. So it's not like for me, like, yeah, anyone who needs these herbs, like, let me know. Like, I don't have a whole lot. And I also don't know what's going to happen going forward. So I'm not trying to, like, YOLO the first two weeks of quarantine only to find out that it's going to, you know, like, shit's going to hit the fan and be like, oops, totally. screwed myself. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I want to be mindful and aware of that. I have little ones and I have, you know, like a family and I'm trying to be mindful. So I am offering, you know, like cough salve that I make and disinfectant spray and 
I light candles and of course I'll talk to freaking anyone. I don't care. Like I'm not somebody who is like, I don't have the bandwidth. Like I pretty much always have the bandwidth. Um, so that's it. I don't know. Maybe not a lot, but maybe it's something. I feel like whatever you can give is great. Like it doesn't like everybody doesn't need to give everything. It's just like whatever they have the capacity for. Yeah, I also agree with that. And I think if you're in the position to, you know, give herbs or whatever, like go for it. You know what I mean? Like I'm not like I pretty much only have so much and I don't know that we're going to be able to get more like going forward. So I'm trying to be like cautious, but who knows, maybe going forward, I can be that person too. So I don't know, it's just going to be cyclical and I see that. And so I'm trying to be like, okay, well, this is what I can do now. And then, you know, maybe I can do more later. I love that. Um, Thank you. What are your favorite herbs? Oh, my goodness. I don't know. (laughs) I love them all. I'm such a nerd for plants. It's not even funny. Like, I don't know. I guess I love nettles. I get so excited whenever I see them around. Um. I always make sure to have like, like for a while, I always had valerian and licorice root on hand. Um, I love horsetail. Horsetail is really good for like hair growth and making your nails and your skin, you know, strong. And um, I don't know. That's such a good question. I mean, you, you named a lot of them. Yeah. I guess I really love rose hips. Like, I know that's really random, but the rose fruit, when the rose um, dies on the plant, it turns into a little fruit called a hip. And they're just so good. And I love them. And I love drying them and then eating them like candy. Like, they're just super high in vitamin C and really good for you. And so I guess those are my favorite also. I love that. I love (laughs) roses. kind of fun. Yeah, if you ever let it die on the bush, it'll turn into a little fruit. And that's how you get the seeds to propagate roses going forward. So you can eat the fruit. They're really seedy. So I would say like maybe break it open and then get the seeds out. But like they're good. I just call it like nature's warheads because they're really tart. But they're super tasty. I love that. My deer always eat the heads of them. Oh, I know. You're like, it's fine. You're cute. It is fine. It helps it grow. So that's good. Yeah, they spread them around. Exactly. Where do you live? I don't think I asked. I'm in really close to D.C. Oh, that's kind of fun. Yeah, it is. It's really pretty. There's like lots of forest. Yeah, my cousins used to live in some part of Virginia can't remember where but it was really close to dc like an hour away and i just thought it was like the most magical forested like fairyland ever yeah virginia is beautiful they have like a lot of mountains that are really pretty and yeah and a lot of national parks and um virginia is huge too like it's amazing how big it is i love the east coast like all the appalachias are so beautiful and just like the culture there is so different from the West Coast, but it's really fun. It is. It's definitely, well, it's very interesting because it's so, like, it has so many, like, Puritan roots. Mm-hmm. 
So it's it's like a little bit more uptight, which can be like kind of fun with like the kind of like quick sarcasm. But then also it can get very like conservative and religious, which I Mm -hmm. feel like is not as fun. Totally. But I guess there's a balance. Yeah, my fam, my mom's family is from the East Coast, from New Jersey. And my grandpa was from like the South, like Tennessee area. Oh, cool. And um, yeah, so we spend our summers there. And my other grandpa is from like Pennsylvania, so like more north. And so it's totally like that, where there's like a lot of like really good biting sarcasm that's hilarious. Uh-huh. But then also like if you look even vaguely like alternative, <laughs> people will just be like, all right, Harlot, burn. And you're like, okay, sorry. <laughs> I, I have normal clothes at home. I promise I'll wear them next time. Like, <laughs> It's so true. It's like, uh, it's hard because it's almost like you just want to dress like quote unquote normal just so you don't get like harassed. Right. Um. But then if you're like a weird person anyway, you dress what you think is normal and they're still just like, <laughs> children, don't look. And you're like, what? This is like jeans and a t-shirt. Oh, my shirt has a pentagram. Oops, sorry. Like, you know, like, I didn't mean it. That's so funny. I had like the, I, or I still have it. I have this shirt that has like a weird triangle and then it has like a bunch of snakes on it and then it says like live fast die pretty and oh, I'm sure they love that and I was wearing it and my husband's dad was like what <laughs> what are you wearing like what does that say but he got a kick out of it but it's so funny it's like you don't even realize it until somebody else points it out to you Right? Yeah. Or you're like walking down the street and some lady's like crossing the street and you're like, I don't even, what? (laughs) (laughs) What am I wearing? Oh God. Like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. We definitely have become like the weird Halloween people, which is kind of, (laughs) which is kind of fun. (laughs) Hilarious. So that comes with like its perks and its weirdness, but I mean, you have to live your life. Totally. Like, it's just funny, like, also probably being younger, when you meet other young people, they're like, oh, you're from, like, like, this is what I always got. Like, you're from California. That's so cool. And then they want to do everything like you to the great chagrin of their East Coast family, you know? (laughs) Yes. They're, like, poisoning the youth one one hello at a time. You're welcome. (laughs) So how much do you love California? I mean, it's just different. I I guess since I'm born and raised here, it's like whatever to me. But I just love everywhere. Everywhere is kind of fun. Um, it's hard when you live in such a beautiful place. Like San Diego has a really nice climate. There's so much nature. We have the beach that's actually fun to go to, you know, like. Oh, my God. I'm um, so jealous. Yeah, it's. It's nice, you know, so I can't really complain. I just want to see more, you know, places and I want more nature. And so it's kind of just like maybe for me, like I'm at a point where I want something slightly different than what 
at least an urban place in California can give to me. So I'm kind of just at a crossroads with that, but like, I love it. I mean, San Diego is magical and I feel like so lucky that we live so close to so many different amazing places. So that's amazing. Where did you get your Instagram name from and your business name? I mean, it was probably the most Aries decision that I've ever made. So I just, I have always felt like people are really um, judgmental around the whole thing about, you know, curses and hexing and whatever. And I was like, it's so stupid. That's rooted in Christianity, you know, like, like not even cool Christianity. It's just like, you know, um, from like, I think it's the 1400s to the 1500s. There was just this one asshole priest who was just like, yeah. And then black magic. And everybody at the time was like, black magic. Like, "Mm, okay, I'll just call mine natural magic or white magic. And then I'll just keep doing exactly what I was doing before. But nobody will complain about it, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, so I was like, okay, there's that. And then it doesn't even mean anything when you look at it. It's just slang for something, you know, for essentially in 1800s. Um, it was just a slang for people who are like into the esoteric um, from the German Americans. So it doesn't really have any real meaning. And I thought, well, I'm just going to put that as a, as my name to make people think, which I'm sure is very Aries Scorpio of me. And it was right after um, Trump was elected and everybody was talking about like doing uh, collective witchcraft to like bind him and whatever. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. Let's do it. And so it was just a really silly thing that I didn't really think would matter, but I just wanted to do for myself. And then people were into it and it keeps growing. So I keep going with it because it's fun. I love that story. So what kind of things do you do when you want to do that? Like for the president or you wanted to like hex the virus? Is that such a thing? Is that possible? Yeah. So it's funny because I don't actually ever really do it. You know, like I just, I'm kind of more all about loving into spaces. So I guess I could have said like love activists, but I don't really, I hardly ever really send out straight up like fuck you energy like that's just not really what I do so like it's like really funny that is my name and I'm like yeah do it but like it's like I'm not gonna do it but you do it you know (laughs) but if I do I do occasionally but it's more for like systemic things where individuals aren't involved because I'm not trying to hurt people right right so like I might say the ideology or the place that people go to to think that somebody like Trump and what he's saying is okay. I want that to go away. And then the difference, at least now that we accept between like a hex and a curse is a curse is more verbal and a hex is more ritualistic. So then you would light a candle and dress it and do protective energy, which you should do anyway. Um, And then you say the word and then you bury the ingredients somewhere, the whole thing, you know? So it just depends on how much I want to put behind it, how much energy I have for it. And that's kind of what goes into what I might do. But like hex the patriarchy or 
you know, things like that I'm totally all about because it doesn't necessarily hurt anyone. It just awakens people and it destroys the system. It erodes at the system, if that makes sense. Totally, it does. Yeah, Uh like hopefully that doesn't sound like a cop out. Like, so you don't want to hex my ex? Like, that's fucked up. Like, (laughs) I agree. No, none of that. Um, what? So I want to hear about like your like psychicness because you said you were psychic, right? Intuitive psychic. Yeah. Like hearing spirits. Tell me more about that. Um, do you have any like good stories about it? I don't know. Like people tell me I'm really accurate when I give them readings. Um, I'm, I like, I haven't really had any bad feedback. Um, I get, I don't know, like, it's just weird because of course, now that I'm on the spot, I have to like think about it and I'm like, I don't know. It's just like, or like, how do you give readings? (laughs) Like what's like kind of like your process with it? So typically I, if somebody asks me something, I will email it to them. And I like to work that way because it gives me space to confirm the information instead of like, and I can do it on the fly, but I just think energetically for me having the space to kind of sit with it and then type it up in a way that makes sense is the best way so that I can explain myself and have them understand it like explain the information that's coming through myself and have them understand it instead of me just saying like you know okay this is what's happening and I feel like sometimes when we talk like we can make it seem like we're giving a lot of value but then we're leaving a lot just underneath the surface so I like to go really deep so people ask me a question and I get my intuitive hit and it almost never changes no matter how long I sit on it so whatever I hear in the first like day or so is usually what it is you know and then I will excuse me I will explore that information so let's say that you know you ask like oh um what's going to happen with my house? And I'm just like, well, here's the information as far as I know. And then I'll say, okay, well, what is going to happen? You know, like here are all the scenarios that could happen. Yes or no, yes or no, yes or no, yes or no. And from that, then I can kind of like give a better framework and then some suggestions, you know, like, and if it doesn't feel right, I don't include it or I move in a different direction, if that makes sense. It's almost like, um, like I'm blindly following a path. And then just recording what I'm, what I'm, where I'm going, you know, like if I hit into a wall, then I would say, okay, stop going straight and go right or left, left. Okay. Now I hit another wall. Okay. Where am I going to go? Straight, right, you know, north, south, whatever. So I don't know if that makes sense, but no, it totally does. <laughs> okay, good. Cause I was like, I don't know. Like it seems really clear to me, but I have no idea if I'm communicating it accurately accurately so yeah that's kind of how I navigate it just if you put the the question out there then you know I'm like okay I'm gonna go to this place and then we'll see what comes up so yeah it's I feel like it's very flowy but I think that's kind of how it has to be right because it's coming in in like a flow I would think yeah So it's really just practicing listening to the messages that come through. And like I do, 
constantly get messages. Like even before this whole coronavirus thing came, I was like, I should go to Costco and buy one of those big ass things of toilet paper. And I was like, don't be psychotic. That's ridiculous. Like, where are you going to put it? You have nowhere to put it. And then literally two weeks later, this whole thing went down and there's no toilet paper anywhere. And I was like, damn. I should have bought the toilet paper, (laughs) (laughs) which is so silly because I'm like, I've literally never like in all the like 30 plus years I've lived on this earth had the impulse to buy toilet paper. And I was like, that's just absurd. You know, that's so So, funny. They're trying to keep your booty clean. Right. I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The toilet paper hoarding needs to stop. It's so interesting, though. I love it. Like, the lungs are your seed of grief. And the coronavirus obviously, like, gives you pneumonia. That's one of the secondary infections of it. And um, the sister organ is your uh, large intestine, which is toilet paper related. So Mm. I just think it's so interesting. I'm like, oh, okay. So you can't deal with your grief, but you can deal with your booty. So we're gonna hoard toilet paper okay you know what emotion goes with the large intestine I don't remember that's a good question yeah I want to know I know I literally now that you're asking me cannot remember it might be the same emotion but I don't know it would seem like a releasing not to be too cliche I know, right? Like <laughs> like a cleansing. Oh, so I'm looking it up. It's also sadness and grief. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's probably why I don't remember because I was like, oh, same. Like no mm. need to actually internalize that information. Um, but yeah, so it's interesting to think that like if you can't deal with it in one way, you ha- you deal with it in another, you know? So I just think it's kind of fascinating. And like what can you do for your lungs? Nothing really, you know? Especially if you're stuck inside and you can't go to the gym, you know, you can't do like pranayama or breathing. Like you can do breathing exercises, but in the way that most of us are used to like going running or going to the gym or doing cardio or whatever, it's like, we can't do it. So what are we going to do? I don't know. I can wipe my butt though. (laughs) (laughs) The path of least resistance. Right. It's like, that's happening either way so okay let's get toilet paper (laughs) like I don't know you could drink mint tea that's good for your lungs I don't know maybe not all the toilet paper okay all the toilet paper that's fine (laughs) you know like whatever so yeah what are some herbs that help support the body that would be good in this time I mean there's different ways to look at it So nettle, for example, which is growing right now for a lot of people in a lot of places, um, it's very nutritive. And so that nutrition is going to support you overall and just put a lot of the different minerals and vitamins back into your body. Dandelion leaves are also super nutritious. That grows in a lot of places for people. Um, The roots, dandelion roots, are really good for cleansing and detoxing your body. Um, and so that's one aspect of it is like what grows near you 
And, you know, like usually when they say if an herb volunteers to grow in your garden, it's something that you or someone in your family needs. Mm -hmm. So you might see like plant. Yeah. Right. It's kind of, I like looking at it like that, like, okay, well, what grows for me and what doesn't grow? Like it must be something I need then. So I have plantain in my garden. Plantain is really good for um, drawing out like excess moisture in the lungs. Um, so you can actually do it in a tea. It's also good for skin wounds. So if you have like a bee sting or a cut or something, you can chew it up and put it on your, on the area and it should help. So plantain grows in my garden, which makes sense to me. I'm like, okay. And then mullein is another good one to support your lungs. Um, if you happen to be sick, mint is just, um, calming. Chamomile is also calming. Chamomile would probably be great for a lot of people right now. Mm -hmm. Um, chamomile and mint help you with digestion. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's like, oh, pine, pine needles are really high in vitamin C and you can use it. Um, you can make a tea out of it. So you just, grab a handful of them and then you cook it for or boil it for like 20 minutes in a pot and then drink it up I love that I wonder if you could do like a pine pesto yeah there you go I mean well the needles are really sharp yeah so (laughs) maybe not don't Don't do that guys I don't know but you know you can make like a soup broth that'll be good right? Yeah. Do you like cooking with herbs? Are you, do you like cooking in general? Cooking is fun. I'm not necessarily like all about it. I don't hate it, but I don't love it either. Mm -hmm. But I do like to throw herbs in my rice. So like astragalus root supports your immune system. The more you, or the more like regular you take it, the better off it is and it doesn't have really overwhelming taste so sometimes I put the root into my rice when I cook my rice to infuse it Mm. um so things like that like I like to kind of just throw it in there and then of course all your kitchen herbs I try and spice it up as much as possible I love your thing about if it's growing in the garden like it's meant for you it's kind of a fun way to see it isn't it Yeah, I wonder why is there poison ivy growing by our house? Hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the energy of like plants, though. I love it. And it might be like a boundaries thing. Like maybe you have to learn boundaries. And so you have a plant that has really good boundaries to kind of like give you that lesson. So I love that. Like energetically. Yes. Plants are so energetic and they definitely gravitate to you or stay away from you depending on your energy so I don't know I love plants I could talk about them literally all day that's so fun I love that idea okay what else can we talk about what's your favorite tarot (laughs) card oh my gosh that's a good question I have no idea you know like One that's been coming up for me a lot with the whole situation is the Six of Swords, though. I will say that. Oh, the river one? Yeah. When I always look at it as like refugees going to an uncertain but presumably better place. So I think it's an interesting card that just like to me seems to represent everything we're going through right now. 
And so I've just been meditating with that one a lot recently. What do you think like the element of like water is? Because it feels like it's very watery. So it's interesting because it is watery. Um, and water tends to represent emotions in tarot. And then you have the swords, which represent the spirit. So it's just kind of like, you know, finding roots in this emotional tur- like turbulence and like where the emotions are carrying us. And, you know, staying connected to our spirituality and how I look at the swords in a few of those sword cards is like the swords represent different issues that we have that we need to name in order to move through to get to like a better time. So even like the 10 or nine or eight of swords, I would just say those are different concerns that have like debilitated you that you need to name so that you can like not be held back by them. So I kind of see that too, like as a culture, what is actually hindering us? What's helping us? What do we need to name as far as how we got here and how we can move out of here, you know? Totally. Yeah, I totally relate with like the ground. And it's also thinking about the boat as like a piece of wood. Yeah, that's interesting. Which like the root is carrying you. And wood tends to symbolize transformation also. Oh. What's super interesting about the virus, like specifically, is that on natural surfaces like wood or cotton or whatever, it only lasts for about a day versus on stainless steel or um, plastic, it'll last for up to three days. Mm, what do you think? What do you, what's your takeaway from that? Well, I just think this call, like a lot, I mean, it has been a trend to be more natural based. So, you know, natural fibers, natural products, natural beauty, whatever. And so I think it's interesting that a very virulent, like, um, I don't necessarily want to say deadly, even though it is, you know, like, I don't want to stoke that fear, but just something that's really like intense could, uh, have this natural, you know, situation where it's not necessarily um, as bad, right? So the typical flu will last on any surface up to 24 hours. On natural surfaces, this one will last for 24 hours. And I just think there's something there, you know, that's a little juicy. That's just like our lives aren't natural. And that's why this is spreading so fast, you know? Mm. Yeah, it's interesting seeing, like, the roots of the disease, too. Like, those little hints. Right. What are you thinking specifically? What am I thinking what? Specifically, like, what little roots? Because I know, like, what I would think of, but I want to hear what you think, too. Well, okay, this might sound lame, but I think about World War Z. Did you see that? No, I know what you're talking about, but I can't watch movies like that. Okay, I love them. I am like a totally, total like apocalypse fan, which is kind of funny because now I'm like, it's way too on the nose. Um, Right. But in World War Z, they talk about like nature disguises its weaknesses as strengths. 
So if you kind of like uncover it, um, you'll kind of get to like the kink in the armor. Um, so they find out with like all of the zombies that these kids or like anybody really with that's already sick or like with some sort of sickness already, like will be immune to it. Mm. Um, so I don't know. I just like, it just made me think about it. Like when you said like that little idea of like, it's like telling you something about it. Um, right because then they were all able to like give themselves like the measles or something they could like cure later (laughs) so so then they like didn't die from the zombies but that's so funny yeah but it's like okay well if we like got rid of all of our plastic then it wouldn't be as contagious yeah or if we had you know if we use different like a different um source for a plastic maybe like I don't know how long it would last on like uh corn plastic or whatever you know maybe it's just oil plastic like who knows but yeah that's that's interesting you know like I love (laughs) apocalypse narratives I really do like I I used to be super into deep green like climate like what do they call it like I don't want to say preppers because I was never a prepper but you know like those people who are just like climate change like and they talk about it and they're like you better be ready and what it was like I was so Dude, the preppers are to, having their day right now right they're like told you I'm like this no, is like sun card <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny I know but I so I'm like not surprised by any of this like I was already like you know, when you get into like all this deep green stuff, it's basically the environmental version of prepping, right? Where you're like, blow up a bridge to save the salmon. And I'm like, okay, you guys are a little crazy, but like, I agree, you know? And so now I'm just like, yeah, okay. So this is just normal. Like, it's not weird, you know, like I already saw this coming. I didn't think it would come like this, but you know. So I mean, yeah, of I feel the, like the idea of like the earth fighting back. I don't agree. No. I actually think that, um, I don't think the earth has an opinion on us. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that's it at all. I think that if anything, if we look at the earth as a mother, she's not fighting her children. That's something that we do. And so we project that. I feel that what the earth is doing is, um, if anything, it's just a sorrow, you know, it's regular business as usual. And if anything, she's just mourning her kids, you know what I mean? And it's like an invitation to come home. Like if your parents are ever sad and just like, please come home, you know, it's like, that's, that's what's happening. If anything, you know, the earth wants us here. The earth wants us as a part of this whole space and to participate with all the rest of the beautiful creations in a way that is honoring and loving. But I don't feel that this is like a little hey fuck you for paving over me like I don't feel that at all you know what I mean like like if I see another goddamn shopping mall I'm gonna give you all the Rona like you know (laughs) (laughs) oh that's so funny yeah I feel you that's a very good way to look at it I just like can't 
look at it as like another thing that's just like angry at people. I'm like, no, people are angry at people. Like if I were earth, you know, I'd be like, no, I'm not interfering. They hate each other enough. You really think I need to like do something like, come on now, you know? like, Yeah. Not adding to the hate. Exactly. It's funny that you brought up like zombie stuff because I actually wrote a whole book on surviving a zombie apocalypse, even though I won't watch any zombie movies. <laughs> Ooh, tell me more. So it's called Yoga for the Zombie Apocalypse. Uh-huh. And uh, it's just about using the whole yoga philosophy. So like, even if it was like, you know, there's different limbs of yoga. Like, it's like Buddhism where there's the eight different limbs of, you know, how to interact with yourself, how to interact with other people, how to meditate. And, um, then there's the postures, you know, like warrior pose and whatever else. So I wrote a book that incorporated all the different, um, yoga philosophies with the yoga itself and what you should do if faced with zombies. (laughs) So what would you do? Yeah. I don't know how or why, because I literally cannot watch it. I'm like 10 minutes into a zombie movie and I'm like, please turn it off. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> so, but there you go. 220 pages of zombie stuff. Like, <laughs> Well, what would you do if you were living a yoga life, but you had to kill a zombie? So that's the non-attachment aspect. You know, you have to like release attachment to the idea that this is a person and that, you know, cause they're not a person anymore. They're infected. So You can't look at it as, which is kind of the exact opposite thing that we should do right now. But um, (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's not helpful. Never mind. I retract. No kidding. (laughs) Like, you know, it's like if you looked at it, you're like, okay, that was my kid, but that's not my kid anymore. Like, I cannot, you know, like maybe I don't have to personally kill them, but like, I just cannot look at them as, you know, like this situation because then that's harm to myself you know it's not helping them they're they're gone and it's not helping me because I'm here and I have the capacity to help others so I'm not doing my dharma like my duty to others to protect them by being attached to this idea that no longer exists so that's kind of like the the idea that goes into that book I love that do you write a lot I do. Yeah. It's kind of like the thing that I would like to sustain me, if at all ever possible. (laughs) But I do have a Patreon that I have. um, I try to write something. Maybe it's not all that creative, but I do try and incorporate like different spiritual ideas into, you know, whatever we're talking about. Like today, it would be the Equinox. Um, I do... I am working on a post about the spirituality underlying the coronavirus, which I can't wait to like share because I just think it's really fascinating. Is it like similar along the lines of what you were saying? Yeah, kind of like I was talking about also like to circle back to the zombies, just can't get enough of them. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I... I realized that a lot of people's only framework for something like this is from those kinds of movies and those kinds of narratives, like the purge. There's a lot of purge jokes. There's a lot of zombie jokes. And um, what's that other one? Walking Dead. uh, Well, that's zombies too, but I don't know. It's just like a lot of um, 
apocalyptic, you know, even like Mad Max or something. Like, it's just mm-hmm. all these yeah, terrible, like really intense apocalyptic narratives. That's the only thing that we have any sort of framework for, you know, like even Last of Us, that video game, it's just like when everything goes down. So it's like, I think that there's this projection that we could do with capitalism and any sort of uncertainty in our lives. We can put it on like World War Z. We can put it on 28 days and just say, that's not real. It's never going to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when something like the coronavirus hits and we're all stuck inside and everything shut down and New York City is a ghost town, then we look at it and we're like, okay, this is how World War Z started. I'm really freaking out, you know? Mm-hmm. And you can't, you can't, like, now you have to face it, what you project, everything you put onto it before and said, it's not real. It'll never happen. Now it's happening on some level and it's freaky. So people are having these crises around it, but it's not like, it doesn't have to be like that. It's just what's happening. How do you think it can be instead? Well, that's where you have to learn how. So I feel like this is where things like what we're doing now and like what a lot of people may like are probably doing. Um, it's where it's helpful to give framework on how to explore those feelings to tell people it's okay to feel that way. Um, and then to like kind of say like if it was an apocalypse what would your job be how would you show up for people Hmm. yeah like what's really a value to come back to that again yeah exactly like what what do you want to do like if and so people who have lost their jobs like I know a few people have um it's like when that happens and then I asked them like, okay, I understand it's scary, but what did you want to do? You know what I mean? Well, I really just wanted to make music. Like, so make music, you know, download TikTok, record yourself, making music and just do it. You know, like there's nothing stopping you. Like now you have the time and there's no excuse, but a lot of people are so used to making excuses and being reliant on systems that, you know, we're now realizing are not reliable that it's like, what are you going to do? You know, you can't do anything. It's why our grandparents were the way they were, um, because they were either born in or lived through the Great Depression. So they see value in things that, you know, their kids saw absolutely no value in and just like, you know, fuck grandpa's house, who cares, sell it. You know what I mean? And it's like, grandpa saved his house and bequeathed it to you for a reason, which is not everyone, you know, obviously that's privilege speaking, but you know, those things were valuable for a reason because they saw that the systems were not reliable. So knowing skills like whittling and, um, you know, how to make food and all those things, like even making dandelion wine, you know, like using herbs, things that um, our parents or maybe grandparents, depending on how old you are, you know, like, like those are things that they weren't interested in learning. And because of that, it's like, we only know being reliant on a system that our grandparents or great-grandparents knew was not reliable. Mm, So interesting. I love a good skill. Right? I love making things with my hands. What do you like to do? What's your favorite? Oh, that is hard. I love knitting. Um, I love cooking. I love embroidery. 
I love drawing. I I love doing yoga. I feel like that's very like hands doing stuff with your hands. Um, ah, I love writing. I have like too many hobbies. No, it's good though. <clears throat> I love to sew also, and um, I have been knitting and crocheting recently, like. I think that's really fun. And I love doing like calligraphy writing. Like that's super fun. Oh, yes. I, I like got that. into a phase of that. That was fun. Right. It's all old skills, but it is good. And then like I used to work at a school where we taught all those kinds of skills. So like woodworking and um, what else? Hand like handwork, um, gardening skills. I love gardening. So any of that. I just like, I'm like you, I'm like, if I lived on a farm, that would just be ideal. You know, I'm like, I'll collect chicken eggs and milk the goats. Like, I don't care. Like, let's do it. You know? Yes, that would be fun. I'm about that life. Right? Like, I need my farm, (laughs) which will be interesting to see how that unfolds. Because I feel like a lot of people are really feeling that right now. Like, eggs and flour are totally Mm -hmm. gone, which I think is fascinating because people aren't really buying like well they're buying everything but I'm like what would you do with eggs and flour you know what I mean like people are going to be learning how to cook bread and get back to some of those skills which is kind of fun I bought so many dehydrated beans which I don't (laughs) yeah which I don't usually like eat a lot of beans so I'm gonna be learning how to make like mung beans and yeah and I bought a lot of like split peas and black-eyed peas like anything you can do with just like rice and beans I mean hey that's super good I love beans so I'll be like picking herbs from my lawn (laughs) and flavoring (laughs) my beans (laughs) I mean, that's the way to do it. I think there's something beautiful in that. It's very ancestral. And I think that, you know, like, it's such a fun opportunity. Like, I think that's what I really want people to understand is just like, like everyone's saying, like, don't go outside. And I'm like, no, 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 you can go outside. Just like, don't breathe on anyone, you know, like, go pick some dandelions from your yard, make some tea, like, you know, get acquainted with life in a different way. Like, yeah, and I think you can even like if you have if you're in an apartment, you can always like grow things in like by a window. Totally. I always re-sprout things next to my sink. So the ends of scallions or um green onions, whatever whatever you call them. Um you if you leave about an inch, you can put them in a cup of water and then they'll sprout again. You can do the same thing with the last inch and a half to two inches of uh, celery. If you leave that whole stalk, you know, um, if you buy it by the stalk, then you just cut off all the pieces and you leave that last inch to two inches of the celery and uh, it'll grow again. It'll re-sprout. If you leave the last inch of the top of a carrot, same thing. Um, That's all like. I love that. What do you do? You just put it in water? Yeah. And, and the propagate. celery and the scallions, they do it so 
quick. Like the celery will immediately within two days, like it'll already have like a one inch stalk and the scallion, same thing. You'll see the little green peeking out. You can also do that with garlic. So if you have a clove, like a whole head of garlic, you just take one of the cloves, especially if it has a green tip, same mm-hmm. thing, you put it in water and it'll start growing. And then it'll turn into a bulb. And then, you know, you can just use one of the cloves from the bulb and keep that whole process going. Oh, that's such a good idea. No, so many fun things. Like all the Allium family um, plants, they all, they grow super fast. Um, So that's garlic, shallots, um, any onions. It's all the same. Ooh, that's such a good tip. And I feel like potatoes like are growing those little roots all the time. Too. Potatoes are so hardy. Like I have so many damn potatoes because they always sprout and they say once it sprouts like enough, it's not so good to eat anymore. It's kind of a little bit more toxic um, since all the nightshade family plants, which is tomatoes and potatoes for one and eggplant. Um, they tend to be a little bit difficult for some people. I don't know, not everyone. So when a potato sprouts, then I usually plant it. And then now I have hella sweet potatoes and a Russell, 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 I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I have, I have the, the white potatoes that are like growing everywhere. They're super fun. So you can just stick that in the dirt. Yeah, just throw it in there. I love it. Do you usually like buy new like, topsoil and stuff when you like turn over your garden or do you just like stick things in there when it's spring so you can um the soil tends to kind of just blow away regardless especially in a desertous area that I live in I don't know that it would be the same in like where you live you know but um I do get the soil occasionally um just to like replenish the the garden in general um but what I also like to do is any food that I don't eat which you can do as an offering to Hecate but um any food that you don't eat I like to put it in the garden and I just put it on top of the plants and I spread it around and that goes back into re-nutrifying the soil or you could do a compost pile depending on how much yard space you have um Mm -hmm. that's a great idea yeah then you just turn your compost pile once a day and uh, the soil, it'll eventually, you'll get a bunch of bugs in it and stuff and they'll help break it down. And then you can spread that soil onto, uh, onto your plants and you never have to worry about like buying soil. I love that idea. It's kind of fun because then it's all just self-sustaining. You don't have yes. to worry about you know, Home Depot being shut down by a virus. Yeah. And also like everybody's losing their jobs. They don't want to spend like 150 bucks on right soil. It's so expensive. My husband's like, you forget about the garden like halfway through the year. We're not spending that much money on like a project that you're going to forget about. Yeah. Um, So I would say do the compost pile. And then that's also good. Like you said, if you're prone to forgetting about it or whatever, it builds the habit as part of your daily routine or your regular routine. So then you're less likely to forget about it. It's just part of what you're doing anyway. Mm-hmm. And everybody has more time. So yeah, why not? Why not start a compost pile? You know, Why not? And then you're saving trash, which is also great. Especially since I'm guessing 
people are over buying what they need and they're going to see a lot of waste happen. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Might as well uh, compost it, you know? Yeah. We were talking about that. We were like, this is going to show us that we need like less, less food and we probably waste so much food. Yeah. I think it's interesting because even though I feel um, nervous about how, like what kind of shelf stable foods we have, I'm like, I also know that even if all grocery stores shut down like today, like I would probably have enough food to last me through the month without really having to skip meals. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it's kind of an irrational fear that we have, you know what I mean? That we're not going to have enough food. I think that it's just the uncertainty and knowing subconsciously that we're reliant on other people to bring us that food and that we're reliant on making money to get that food. And now we don't know how we're going to make money, et cetera, that we think better get it while we can, but it's not like a, it is a real fear, but it's not like rooted in a real place. If that makes sense. Totally. It's just something to focus on since we're panicking. Right. Well, the panic comes from not knowing the source of the panic, I think, you know, so we don't know why we need to buy toilet paper or food. We just know (laughs) we have to. So we're like, that seems reasonable, right? This is reasonable. Okay, I'm going to do that. Let's go do reasonable things because we're reasonable right now, right? Like nothing else is reasonable, but toilet paper is reasonable. Like that's a good investment. Like you're not wrong, but it's also not really going to help you because you're not really getting why you feel the need to go buy toilet paper, you know? But it's also thinking about like the idea of toilet paper and food and like feeding the grief that is your intestines. Totally. It's really interesting. Like a self, it's like a, um, like a catch 22 almost, you know, like you, don't want to experience the grief so you engage in things that make you experience the grief more and you just keep avoiding it and then keep like you know you're like oh I ate so much and I have to go to the bathroom and now I need more toilet paper and there's no toilet paper and I don't know I guess I'll just have some more chocolate chips but oh my god now I have to go to the bathroom and there's no toilet paper and I was so stressed like I don't know maybe that's like not what's happening to me I don't even have any chocolate right now but (laughs) but I imagine just like Joe Schmo in like Kansas that's Joe's experience I'm just kidding I don't know (laughs) Joe the plumber yeah Joe's not having a good time I'm sorry Joe (laughs) man I'm still like oh my god your avocado trees I know I love saving fortunes right I'm like we have a bunch too like it's kind of fun they're super big two of them are really big and then the rest of them are babies but it's fine if anything you could make a living on selling avocados right I'll just go hustle people on the street be like stay six feet away I'll go drop them at the spot just leave your money two for five dollars is what they go for it's bananas i know those be europe prices (laughs) no wait is that what you pay really yes are you kidding me no girl if you're buying like a whole bag we get like 10 of them for like five dollars like wow really like in california i guess because then yeah well we have to like pay for them to travel i guess 
Yeah, maybe. That's so crazy. I forget that other people, like, I know in Britain it's, like, $7 for one. Oh, my God. Yeah, I guess it has to go overseas then. Like, hey, guess where I'm not going to go live? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) There's no avocados there. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so what, like, words of wisdom? I know you, like, gave a ton, but, like, piece of advice do you want to, like, leave everybody with? kind of as like a last thought Hmm. I guess I would just say don't panic you know everything's gonna be okay I truly believe that I feel that we are totally supported and loved by earth and that when we wake up to that then we can support and love each other and everything's okay it feels really scary and overwhelming right now but it's it's actually a really beautiful moment and if we can lean into that and really allow that to be true then I think that we'll see something amazing in a really like profound and healing way like transpire I love that okay tell everyone where they can find you and connect with you and buy your goodies so pretty much everywhere I'm a hex activist so you can go to my website or Instagram Twitter TikTok Tumblr etc and I'm pretty much everywhere under h-e-x-a-c-t-i-v-i-s-t so that's me I love it thank you so much for coming on and taking the time and sharing all of these beautiful musings Thank you for having me. It's been really fun. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Um, If you loved it, Give it five stars on iTunes. It would mean so much. And if you could write a review, that's nice. I would love it and really, really appreciate it. It helps other people find the show. Also, just tell your friends. Um, Definitely connect with our guest today, Hex, on Instagram, Hex Activist. And you can find all of the links to connect with them there and work with them. Um, What an amazing human. Can't wait to do more episodes with them. Um, So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for a very important discussion about race in America and the inequalities and injustices that face the black communities and what we can do as a community to support them how we can educate ourselves where to donate to and how to um help any way you can um that's going to be what the episode is going to be centered around um so i'm already talking with people and hex is one of them so they will be on again bye bye I made that weird. I don't know why I did, but whatevs. We're moving on. 
Um, so it's going to be very special. Stay tuned. If you're not already subscribed to the podcast, definitely do that so you don't miss future episodes. And if you have any feedback for me, I am on Instagram at Blind Love Radio. So definitely reach out. Um, yeah, I hope that you are doing okay, whatever your circumstance that you are, um, treating yourself well, treating yourself kindly, treating others kindly. Um, I think that's really important with everything going on right now. If we can, uh, try and help each other, I think that we will, make real change which is really beautiful um so anyway (laughs) I feel like I've just been rambling but I love you guys I hope that I'm I'm going through it all over again love you bye by the way shout out to Maggie Rogers for today's theme song Alaska Alaska